0: This episode of Go Be Wyoming is brought to you by DYT Solutions. For custom digital marketing solutions for your brand or business, go visit my friends at DYT Solutions. Contact them at their website, dytsolutionswy.com. Find Sight & Sound for custom home or business audio and visual systems. Find Sight & Sound are your Rocky Mountain experts. Go to their website, fssavpro.com, or call owner Aaron Perez at 307-751-6585 for a free consultation. This episode is brought to you by Fly Sheridan, the Sheridan County Airport. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. Don't drive those couple hundred miles just to catch a connecting flight to Denver. Book your direct flight from Sheridan to Denver International at United.com. Do a gin.
1: Oh, that's such that a good was, gin. Yeah. Ooh, oh. <laughs> we'll do a gin I brought both our gins um, and then I, I brought something that might be fun it's like hasn't hasn't launched yet at all It's just would be a sample of that but, oh. um, it is pre, sort of pre uh, a pre-launch production. pre-production yeah, yeah. a sneak preview,
0: sneak preview only on the right. podcast I love it
2: <laughs> then mine is Arcola. Which is my flagship and my product. Yep. <laughs> I am coming out with the uh, Hickory Aged Cask Strength. And that is that is the R&D on that has been a lot of fun because it's 121 proof and Whoa. drinks like, like this does.
0: Very cool.
2: You're going to get some nice grain forward notes and then a smooth sweet finish. Yeah. It's a 61% corn, 19% oat, 20% barley. So it is a bourbon mash. Um, I love This is a mere mere 22 months. Very good. Cheers. Cheers. It's like a bourbon had a baby with an Irish whiskey.
0: Yeah, that is smooth. Yeah. And I'm a bigger uh, bourbon fan, so yeah, that is. Yep, I can. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, this is gonna be dangerous on an afternoon here. <laughs>
1: yeah, now we got a whole a whole night ahead of us. So.
0: Yeah, you guys better take it easy. No food either, too. You were saying, yeah, yeah. Amber. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Well, we are rolling. That's a great intro there, opening up some bottles and getting yes. a taste there. Um, so we are sitting down with Arcola Distillery and Backwards Distilling Company, right? Okay, uh, Mike Borg from Carpenter, Wyoming, in Amber. Pollock. 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 So close. Uh, And backwards is out of Casper, Wyoming. So um, any construction coming up the interstate?
1: A little bit. Always, always
0: (laughs) (laughs) on the interstate there. So um, so we just all had uh, some of our cola um, that Mike brought. Um, Now, I think we'll just jump right into it since we're tasting it, Um, because you were kind of talking about you're going to have a new product coming out Um, from your or from your Facebook page. Uh, you're the smallest distillery in the smallest m- legal distillery. Uh, okay. There, <laughs> there is, there's moonshiners larger than y- I am. Yes. <laughs> um, my distillery is uh, 12 by 16
2: feet. I've got four 50 gallon pot stills I built myself in there. Uh, run them on 30, each of them has a 32 jet walk burner actually. Puts out about three quarters of a million BTU okay. per, per burner. For all the four burners. Um, I do open vat fermentation, stack my vats because I need I have to walk on the floor. So <laughs> right. let's, let's you use walls. Exactly.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um it it gets really hot in there. Oh I bet. I love it. I love it when it's minus fourteen because then you feel good wearing shorts and a t-shirt in there. <laughs> but I uh, ended up putting a very large window in one end just sure.
0: to get some good airflow through yeah. there. Very cool. And I, I think Michelle from the Guild was telling me and you do a, a very particular way of distilling is that am I correct? Yes, I okay. with with the pot stills and being direct fired. Um I I really
2: like the Irish method. So Okay. Obviously, four shots get discarded, but uh, heads and tails go back into collection for for redistillation
0: with the next set of low wines. Okay, very cool. And so how many in Wyoming do that method that you're aware of? That isn't. Awesome question. I don't know. What the okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, and I, I am, I'm going to imagine we've got like the flip of the coin here. So we've got the smallest distillery. Would you say 12 by 16 Twelve by 16? And then backwards, uh, you guys kind of opened up Amber, a new space in Casper, didn't you? Or you guys have been in the space for a while.
1: Well, we've, we've, we've been in our, in our downtown tasting room location now for, uh, it'll be three years in, in two weeks, which is, uh, excited. Awesome. Congrats. Yes. um, And we're certainly not the largest distillery in the state but um but um we are larger than 12 by 16 square feet so it you know it's a it definitely is a contrast in um in production space and style and you know we make very different products and that sort of thing so you kind of have um you know each distillery is different um they all have their own their own vision their own setup their own product line but you know i think having having two kind of examples of, of the types of examples. yeah of yeah. the types of uh, distilleries that exist around the state um, we've got that here today
0: yeah no yeah it's gonna be fun I to hear kind of the differences or the similarities that you guys had to go through so you guys have been in that tasting room for three years but when when did backwards start we amber in
1: 2014
0: 2014 okay wow so almost eight years
1: almost eight years yeah. okay wow yeah eight years in
0: November so very cool, Mike. When did Late you start? Twenty seventeen. Okay. So oh, so about pretty almost five years. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, w- what what got you guys into distilling? What uh, and I, we'll go we'll go Amber first. Okay,
1: we'll sure. <laughs> um, so I operate backwards with my family, um, and we had. Um, then throwing around the idea of doing something together, but like the something was in question. We really didn't have a specific idea of the type of business that we'd want to open or the type of project, but it was like important to my mom to like try to do something together because it was, um, you know, the, the economy was not as good as she would like to see it sending like me and my brother off into like adulthood at that point. She's sure. like, this is not, <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's less, um, less stability in the job market. Like you might work for someone else for quite a long time. And then eventually, you know, get laid off, even after having a lot of loyalty to a company, we were seeing a lot of that in the market at that time. And, um, you know, contrasting to like, my dad worked for the company that he was with for like 30 years and, and, you know, had a very long career with them. And, and my mom was starting to feel like, oh, that may not be a reality for, you know, you and, and Chad, my brother. And so um, I I think she kind of liked the idea of like, what if we, you know, kind of take the bull by the horns and, and, be more in control of our own destiny. And so um, so that was kind of in the back of our minds. Um, we loved cocktails. We're huge foodies. Used to travel all the time, mm. um, check out, um, really not distilleries. This was pretty early on. I mean, I, in, in terms of numbers of DSPs in the country, I think ours is number 280. Oh, wow. And so... That means there was only 200 something distilleries operating across the whole United States at that time. And so, um, we were more into like craft beer and then like high end restaurants and like getting cocktails yep. there and, um, started to get, get, you know, get really interested in that side of things. And, um, and we were just talking around one day, my brother was kind of had turned into a spirits collector early on shortly after his 21st birthday. Um, I gave him a bottle of absinthe and a bottle of, um, maker's mark. And that was like for his 21st birthday. And so he really took to the absinthe and got really excited about it. Um, and, and started researching the history and, and then, you know, was lamenting one day, like, I can't find any new types of absinthe to add to my collection. And so my mom was like, well, why don't you make some? And that was sort of the seed that, that spawned the whole whole thing. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just, I love that. The curiosity, you know, Mm -hmm. in the back of the mind, it's that whole, you know, the job market, you know, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, like, no one's made a new absinthe. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, there's that light bulb moment. That's very cool. Um, What did you say yours was? 200 what out of the country?
1: Eighty or something like that. Wow. Um, and now you see... Um, probably close to 10 times that many, yeah. um, operating distilleries in the course of, you know, less than 10 years. So, um, and it, at the time there were, there were a couple of distilleries operating in Wyoming, um, Coltisca here was an mm-hmm. operation, Wyoming whiskey was an operation. Um, and I think maybe one more, so I think maybe we were the fourth, but predominantly, you know, Coltisca at that time, I think only had their, their two products, yeah. um, the KO and the, um, The original, and then um, you know Wyoming whiskey is of course making their flagship small batch bourbon, but no gin, no rum, no vodka. You know there's just sort of this whole gap of like, oh, we don't have anything in any of these styles currently being produced in the state, and so we kind of started out knocking some of those down and saying like, let's get a Wyoming made. Vodka. Let's get a Wyoming-made rum. Let's get a Wyoming-made gin, and started, you know, kind of going through that.
0: Yeah, one. very cool. Yeah. Well, and what about the absinthe? You know, it all started with the absinthe.
1: Yeah. So um, we uh, <laughs> let's see. What was it? It would have been uh, January of this year. Um, finally, made it happen after years and years of R and D um, of trying to source the botanicals um, and trying to, you know, keep enough cash flow going to keep the business open. Absinthe right. is not a particularly um, it's not a, it's not a product that sells a lot of volume. And sure. so and a lot of the things that we made first were more to like, how do we keep yep. revenue go yeah. coming in? Um, we'll come back to the, to the goal yeah, <laughs> to, get, to get to the point where we can make some of these more niche obscure types of sure. products, which I think we're kind of coming into that phase of our, um, business. And so that was, um, we launched our first absinthe in January of this year. Um, really small batch. Um, we can't make a whole lot of it all at once. Um, and it sold out in, uh, by less than a week. Um, oh, wow. I mean, it, it was gone. And, um, at, even to the point where like, we didn't even get a second order in from ourselves. Like I currently personally do not even have a bottle of it left. Like it oh, wow. is sold out For real, for real.
0: Loyalty to the customer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, we do have more, you know, we have more being made. We made a a batch twice the size. Well, two batches that we're combining into a batch twice the size. Um, That's in production now. It just takes, it's quite a lengthy process on that one. And so... um, so it'll be coming soon. I'm hoping in the next couple of months we'll have more to put out to the market. But I was really pleased with the initial reception, much less niche than I than I thought it would but, yeah. be. And, you know, people coming into the tasting room, trying cocktails with it and really enjoying it rather than, you know, it, it is a particular flavor. You have to, it's it's very mm-hmm. anise forward, very sort of um, black licorice-y. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not everybody likes that, but a lot of people who didn't think they would like it actually ended up liking it in a drink, you know, in, in a certain in a application. Cocktail, yep, so, yeah. Sure. So I was pretty, pretty pleased by that reception. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to the next couple coming out and building that up. I'm like, maybe we just have like a cool little bubble of like Casper in the surrounding areas where it's just like lots of people drinking absinthe. That's <laughs> yeah. like a regular thing. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be pretty yeah. cool. <laughs>
0: no, that's awesome. Um, and you brought, you know, uh, you were talking about the gin and the vodka and I see a whole box here. So I think we're going to taste one or two of those. We'll see.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Whatever uh, suits people's fancy. I yeah, didn't bring any absinthe obviously because yeah. I don't even own one bottle myself um, to share with you, but I did bring, um, we make two types of gin and those are some of our kind of favorite products kinda that the, we make. Yep. Um, and then I have our American whiskey, our cinnamon moonshine, and then a new product um, that we're just kind of demoing out right now has not yet come to market. It's a bottled old-fashioned, so it'll be ready to drink. Um, Bitter's already in it. Simple syrup already in it. Um, We're using brown sugar and orange, and then you'll just open the bottle, pour it over ice, and you are... Set. ready to roll. Yeah. So make it easy for folks at home. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that.
0: I'm a part. big old fashioned fan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll that sounds, yeah, that sounds good yeah. to me. Um, Mike, real quick. How did you get, we're just this idea come up of, I want a really small distillery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had been a teaching at a small
2: parochial school in Cheyenne, Latin music history. And I loved summers cause I got to wear shorts. And I was talking to my wife. I'm like, she, was, "She probably wouldn't want me to tell this story, but I'm going to anyway." Yes, that's right. I, was, <laughs> I, I wanted a job where I could wear shorts year round, and so I had been into home brewing. Mm-hmm. You know, we you know started you know jumped in with both feet. Started out with all grain. New styles I liked. New different flavors, different grains would get absolutely terrified of getting in trouble. With the law anyway, so <laughs> just started filling out paperwork and getting my permit and building stills mm-hmm. and just experimenting, yeah.
0: So, you, you were doing like beer first, and then or uh, commercially, beer was just a hobby, yeah. Okay, yeah. How'd you stumble into that? You wanted to do whiskey, well, it just seemed like the, you know, <laughs> leaving JV and
2: going to varsity. <laughs> well, because
1: you have the beer made, you might as well yeah. turn exactly. it whiskey, right? <laughs> exactly,
0: you go up to the next level. I love that,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What, and, uh, and so the nice thing was, you know, I grew up in a construction home. My dad's retired. They bought the place right next to my wife and I, and we just decided, you know what, let's, let's build this thing. Yeah, And so we built it and started out with one 15-gallon keg still. Wow! Thinking, yeah, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna supply the state with 15. (laughs) No, no, you're measuring your output in like half half cups. (laughs) Like it was a this was a good run. I think I got a pint. (laughs) Now it's nice to measure in barrels.
0: (laughs) Let's go on that because I think you both will have a great. Kind of the, uh, what you guys are talking about is the, the, the producing part of it is completely different. I'm going to imagine from beer, we're going to come back to you being a teacher and taught Latin. You said, Latin uh, music, we're going to come back to that. Cause that's, you were a Latin teacher and then you now you're making you you whiskey. So, kind of but, uh, <laughs> describe what you both, cause Amber, you're shaking your head about you. You're, you're like, Oh, I got this 15 uh, gallon keg. Like, this is gonna be great. And she's like, Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> you're no, <laughs> you're no. not going to produce what you think you're going <laughs> to produce. But, uh, right. Uh, how? Um, what's the differences between distilling, you know, a spirit versus craft brewery, craft beer, or major differences? Or
1: yeah, I mean, you know, the the I, I made the joke like if you've already made beer, you might as well turn it into whiskey because you know the the early part of the process is really. Quite similar. You're sort of making a beer, beer. a beer-like substance. Um, (laughs) It could be a beer if you really wanted to, you know, eventually turn it into that. Um, First, that's kind of the first step, Mm -hmm. Um, and then essentially what you're doing in distillation is extracting all of the alcohol part of the beer from the from the beer and eliminating most of the rest of it. Right. You're just sort of condensing it, mm-hmm. uh, concentrating it down. Um, and so there, there are a lot of similarities, particularly in, in the you know early part, the you know, same pr- principle of fermentation and that sort of thing that you right. would see at any brewery or winery. Um, we just take it a step further. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Gotcha. So yeah. Um, is there any differences between making a whiskey gin, you know, vodka, what are the, you know, I guess Amber would be able to speak on that a little bit, uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah. And so, yes, there are, there are differences. I mean, general principles are
0: all the same, the same yep.
1: for the most part. Um, really big difference between like a vodka and a whiskey is, is the proof that you're distilling it up to. So in gotcha. a whiskey you're wanting to leave more flavor in. That's why you end up with a more sort of characterful, flavorful product. Um, and in a vodka, you are wanting to refine it further to reduce the amount of flavor components that are in there um, and extract just predominantly ethanol, predominantly the alcohol, plus a small percentage of those flavors compared to quite a much larger um, percentage of flavors in whiskey. So that's all very similar. Um, Gin goes a step further than that. You start out with like a vodka, basically, um, and then you flavor it. It's like a flavored vodka. It's like the world's oldest flavored vodka. Probably not the world's <laughs> oldest, but it's an old, very old sort of version of that, um, where you're flavoring with plants and herbs
2: and very old, delicious version. Gen-
1: generally mm-hmm. botanicals, yes. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, so that kind of has a, a secondary process that goes into it after you're done mm-hmm. distilling it, um, as you would for a whiskey or a vodka or anything like that. But I mean, overall, process is very this very similar um you know we would be changing things like what are you making the product out of you know mike was talking about his mash bill and so you know how much percentage of corn versus wheat versus rye versus malt that you might have in there or you know we use a lot of Wyoming grown beet sugar in some of our products you mm. wouldn't be able to use that in a whiskey because whiskey has to be grain um right so there are some nuances like that but process generally it's
0: yeah um what what um what was like the best resource for you guys research wise right because i mean you know the different ones that's a lot and even whiskey too you know you mm-hmm. being a latin teacher like where like where are you going to for research on like okay how am i going to make a whiskey still you know there was a a book i had read as
2: a kid my uncle had called a thousand and one things for a boy to do and it was published in the mid eighteen hundreds. So it really should be a thousand and one dangerous thing yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> right. a boy to do. And I remembered some of the theory of distillation they had taught in that. Because eighteen oh, fifties, okay. I guess you wanted boys making their own hooch. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That sounds like a reasonable thing. <laughs> yeah. right. um, a lot of it was just uh, an old physics textbook I had. Okay. Um, especially designing the condenser.
0: Uh a lot of it was just trial and error. Gotcha. Probably the ratio, like you guys were just talking about the grain and the right. Gotcha. Well, and, and also for construction of the stills. Gotcha. That. Cool. Amber, how about you? Cause you guys have, you know, you've mentioned all the different products you guys have, you know, what was it all trial and error too, or?
1: Um, yeah. Plenty of that. Um, it's, <sighs> I think that the, the industry has sort of grown up as we've grown up as mm-hmm. companies. And so there are more resources that are more readily available now. But right. it kind of felt early on like you just had to meet a bunch of people, know what questions to ask them. And, you know, generally people are pretty um, generous with their knowledge in this industry. So if you, um, you know, were able to position yourself to be in a room full of other people trying to do this, you probably learn as much as you could learn from any sort of like formal education. So we kind of pieced it together. Uh, We sent Chad around for the better part of a year and a half, just traveling to other distilleries and learning bits and pieces here and there. And now it's a little bit more formalized. We, you know, we've been able to take certain classes on gin botanicals specifically, or, you know, like a two day workshop, that sort of thing. So there, there, there are more formal, opportunities to do that but for the most part it's just sort of a generalized like information sharing knowledge gathering process uh that you can eventually and we still refine like our processes we still tweak recipes to try to continually improve the products based on new things that we've learned so sure um still learning still attending those things I'm still asking questions to try to keep keep growing keep refining it
0: yeah very cool same same mic yeah yeah. (laughs) um what were what were some unknown challenges you know i think um uh, that you guys didn't expect starting starting a business all of them no i was
1: gonna say the whole dang thing yeah the whole dang thing (laughs) um
2: honestly the paperwork Mm. was a lot more involved than i anticipated it
0: would be um because and because Michelle kind of described federal this federal reporting, yeah, and then and then the state too. You know, distilleries are a little different than a brewery, also in the right. state of Wyoming. So um, I could see that for sure.
2: Also, I had this idea that I was going to make a whiskey and everybody would be like beating down my door for it. I didn't realize, no, I have to actually talk to people about it.
0: Try a sip. Would you like to sell this? (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, because like uh, uh, spirits in Wyoming, you guys, well, unless you have a tasting room, I think if that's if I'm right, but you guys have to get it to distributors and get it to the.
2: Out of state distributors. The
0: mm-hmm. state is the
2: distributor for spirits yep. um, in in state, but if if a liquor store wants to, ha- they need to know that it's there. Right. You know, I it, it, I just had for some reason had this idea, arcola <laughs> whiskey. People are just gonna know. Oh, mm-hmm. what's that? I
0: I hear some. Yes, I need to order this whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Amber, same thing.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, so we 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 jumped into it with not nearly as much consideration to the challenges as like, if I was going to do it again today, Mm -hmm. I would have a list of like details to be worked out before (laughs) just deciding to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't have that list. Like um, Mike was a teacher. I was also a teacher before we, before we started, my mom was a teacher. My dad owned a different and unrelated business. And my brother was working for him and had, you know, was mostly planning to go um, work on, cars like classic cars. So, gotcha. uh, none of us had, we all had experiences in mm-hmm. certain things and, and, um, but didn't have experience in really most parts of what we're doing today. Right. And so, yeah, I would have a hard time pinpointing a challenge. It's like a new challenge every day and they don't, they aren't done just cause we're eight years old now. It's like, yeah. they're just as many, just as numerous. And, you know, it, we were speaking out earlier today, like they, they keep, you know, new ones keep cropping up. You, you kind of get one under control and like a, a challenge now is, is supply chain and glass manufacturing and all these other things that were, I had never crossed my mind three years ago. I had other challenges that I was dealing yep. with and now, you know, the things change, things evolve and the, the landscape changes. And so it's a different challenge all the time. Really?
0: Yeah. You were a teacher too? Music teacher, music teacher. There's a theme going on yeah. here. Teachers. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why are teachers going towards yeah. the experience here? <laughs> well, Kids were awesome. It was their parents that were miserable to deal with in my experience. <laughs> I coach football up here. So I would, kids, kids are never usually the problem. Yep. It's something else other than yep. that, but that's <laughs> funny. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, like you were mentioning, you know, uh, yeah, there's always problems with running a small business and then yeah, throw a little monkey wrench called COVID, you know, and that just really throws a, a, a wheel in there. Um, oh shoot. I was just about to ask. Um, no, uh, Amber, you were kind of going into like kind of another question I always like to ask business owners is, um, you know, what, what has been valuable in something that, you know, you obviously hindsight's twenty you'd have things different, but, um, you know, what have you guys learned from just jumping into it and, you know, just going for it or like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of always think about this when I, when I, um, look back, I really think that this is sort of like, was like personal development on steroids. It's like I, what I do today and like what my, how I would describe my skill set today compared to when we started is like night and day. And it's really just been things that are like, well, we need to be able to do this. Like, can we afford to hire somebody else to do it? No, okay. Then like, can I YouTube it and painfully learn through trial and error and the slow process, like how to do that thing myself, like well enough to get us what we need to do? Uh, Sure, so then, you know, you gotta become the the um, in-house go-to person for some of this stuff that's like, I have no expertise in this Mm -hmm. and I, but I have to learn how to do it. Um, And eventually you, gain expertise, um, whether or not you become like true expert or you just get to the point where you can hire an actual expert to do it for you. And that's, you know, you know, different, different things depending on the situation, but, uh, certainly I've gained a lot of skills, um, and realized like things that I'm good at, things that I like to do, things that I don't like to do, which I really couldn't have articulated to you before we started this business. And so, um, extremely valuable, um, Growth and information more than, you know, I, I probably received in any sort of like formal education. Yeah. That I that I got, you know, that was all important to me too, and um, certainly took lots from that. But um, but yeah, sort of being the being the boss and being the business owner and like the buck stops with you, and either like you figure it out or you're at an impasse. Uh, there's nobody necessarily that you can go to to fix yep. it for you. Um, that has definitely, um, it, you know, that to me is something that I've, I've, I don't, it's not a specific thing that I've learned. It's just more of like a mindset and like a way of operating that I've had to get very comfortable with and like being very comfortable with, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to figure it out.
0: Yeah. No, you know, before I let Mike answer, you know, you hit on like the ownership, you know, and it's valuable, like you said, at the end there, like you learned it and then you learn if you like to do it or if you don't like to do it. Um, but what's great is that value of knowing. And then you mentioned kind of like, you can either hire that out because now you know you know what goes into it or you're like, you know, it's not really worth me to pay someone to do it. You know, I can do it. So, um, which you can't get, like you said, you can't really get that uh, in, in education, formal education like yeah. you have to do it as a business yeah, owner So you
1: know yourself really really right. well and mm-hmm. I think that and what your strengths and weaknesses and preferences are and I think that that's something like until you are very comfortable with that and what you're good at and what you're not good at makes it really hard to make those types of decisions yeah. so you kind of just have to beat your head against the wall for a while to find those things out
0: <laughs> yeah no 100 percent, mike absolutely yeah absolutely i so well said I
1: mean,
2: <laughs> that but uh yeah the learning learning what you what you actually can do mm. thinking well you know okay well I, I am gonna have to get this figured out you know learning learning that you can do it the satisfaction of not only being your own boss but realizing you're working harder for yourself than you ever have for anyone else you know it's just it's very satisfying very it's very rewarding yeah just i mean yeah there's there's nights i'm in the distillery all night but uh yeah, but it's a good tired. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's not staying up just watching TV. It's it's mm-hmm. doing something. It's making something. It's talking to the yeast. Come on, ferment a little faster if you don't mind. <laughs> you know, I think they respond well to some to positive reinforcement. Vibes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, just just it's it is a it is a tremendous thing when when problems come up. Okay, how did I solve this last time? Is there a more efficient way? Mm. I'm always wanting more efficiency
0: yeah that kind of that retro you know looking in into yourself a little bit weaknesses strengths and then having that humility a little bit of like okay you know this could be a little better or you know <laughs> I, uh, I guess you could get an ego and be like no, oh, this is the best right mike this is the best whiskey ever <laughs> yeah
1: i feel like it's hard to have an ego in this in this um, industry because it's like the, the, the failures are numerous and it like anytime you feel like things are going really well, like you just get knocked down a peg or two just naturally by the way the operation (laughs) works. And, um, so, you know, it's, it, yeah, I think it, it has a built in like ego checker.
2: Yeah. Well, so much of it is actually outside, outside our control, mm -hmm. Mm. you know, especially with, with the pot stills, you have a day with low barometric pressure all of a sudden okay no this this isn't this isn't just running quite quite as nicely as it should (laughs) you know everything can be perfect or you know you get a a very bad cold snap and all of a sudden the east say like yeah i'm gonna be sluggish
0: gotcha yeah kind of out of your control just gotta wait for the just it it takes
2: it takes you down a peg
0: yeah um no this is great okay um that whiskey's getting to me. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs)
1: um,
0: Amber, you were kind of talking about this, you kind of were, you know, with the absinthe, you know, it sold out, you know, on the first release of it. But, um, how would you guys describe, you know, um, is there a word for like spirits enthusiasts, you know, like wine is, um, a sommelier. Um, I guess there's no word for well, I know for chocolate, it's chocoholic. Yeah, it could be something similar <laughs> like yeah. that for alcohol. So I was, I was, I was like, is there one for like you know people that like like cocktails and stuff? But anyway, it's so uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I think yeah. 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 So,
0: um, but how would you guys describe that uh, community here in Wyoming? You know, uh, Amber, you guys have been around for eight years. Mike, you've been around for five years. Um, you know, obviously some other distillers have popped up. Um, you know, obviously the craft breweries. are are cropping up across the state too. But, uh, what's the community like, um, and customers like, you know, across the state.
1: So I have seen that is an area where I've seen a, a huge change in a short amount of time. Um, since we, since we first opened. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, before that was, that was one of the sort of frustrations that fed into us being like, yes, like we've got to do this because it, it felt like we always needed to leave the state if we wanted or leave the town, at least if we wanted, um, a craft cocktail. Yep. And it's like, you know, a lot of places didn't have cocktail menus. You would go to order at a restaurant. I mean, there are of course a handful of trailblazers and people that were, were doing this, which uh, was always thankful for them, but just kind of as a baseline, you know, you go to other places and like, everyone's bringing you their cocktail menu. It's like, here's a food menu, here's a cocktail menu. And yep. they've got some cocktails that are developed in-house that they feature and here in in my area at least it was almost like a foreign concept 10 years ago yep. and it was like you would you would um ask for a cocktail menu and they say oh well we have a full bar which means that they've got a variety of mixers and they've got you know all the main categories of spirits and like so if you want a gt or you want a um, whiskey and soda like you can get those things but in terms of like we've curated this list because it reflects our food philosophy it pairs well with our environment you know all of those things that i love mm-hmm. when i'm sitting down for a cocktail was sort of not not uh not widespread yeah that way yeah um and so when we first started, like we really took the philosophy of like we have to build a culture around spirits mm-hmm. generally, because people were much more comfortable ordering beer or wine at a restaurant or going to the store and, and getting beer. Why? Because they knew what to do with it at home. You open it and you drink it. Um, spirits have like another step in there typically, but for, for most consumers, there's, the, there has to be somebody to know what to do with that spirit before it's yep. it, it, except the few people that just drink it straight, which is not the majority of the population. Right yeah. So, <laughs> um, so ours, our folks became very educational, um, mm. through, like specific education like classes and things like that but also through how we structure our menu how how the approach that we took like we started with with simple cocktails that were really approachable first because i didn't want to alienate guests who are coming in, who are like, what have, like, what am I yeah. looking at here? Yeah. You know, right. I wanted to sit, feel super comfortable so that you were just as comfortable ordering a cocktail as you would be ordering a beer. So you didn't, you know, a lot of menus, even today, like I'll go to a place and it, it might as well be in a foreign language. I'm like, and I know spirits and, yeah. and things. I'm like, if I can't understand this, like the average person cannot understand this. It's just going to make you feel, feel dumb. Like you don't know how mm-hmm. to read this menu, you know? And right. so we were very careful to make sure it's always in plain language. Like people can read the description and understand what they're getting so they're not getting surprised. Um, And we built up from there. So now our menu is structured in three parts. We have the approachable and simple cocktails at the front. more of a middle, sort of intermediate section in the middle. And then the wild off the wall for the adventurous folks in the back. And we have people ordering equally across all those sections. So it's like, if you're feeling like you want to challenge your palate today, like switch to the back, if yep. you're like, this is my first time in and I'm not sure what I'm looking at here, like stay at the front, you know? Yeah. Um, and so people can kind of grow their own experience with cocktails and their comfort level with cocktails in a way that is, you know, not, not pushy. doesn't like challenge them too far. It keeps them coming back. And meanwhile, I've seen that happening elsewhere as well. Like lots more places have cocktail menus. Lots more places are asking for like, yeah, like can you help me develop a cocktail so that I can mm. put it on my menu? And so you end up now with folks expecting yeah, uh, more universally that there be some amount of work into the cocktail selection at a given restaurant.
0: Right. Awesome. No, that was well said. Mike, what, from the whiskey aspect, what, what do you have to add on that?
2: Well, it's in, and this is, this is also part of the beauty of having Amber and I here because it is opposite ends of the spectrum. I don't have a tasting room. Right. So, so uh, the reception has been just amazing in Wyoming and there's many wonderful bars picking it up and people playing with it. I, I had a, a bartender friend in uh, Cheyenne called me up and said, have you tried it with orange? It works so well with orange. So now, you know, I'm not a mixologist. I'm generally, my favorite cocktail is Arcola with an ice cube, you know, but uh, there's some great cocktails that are being made with, and made with Wyoming, not just Arcola, but Arcola mixed with Wyoming spirits. Yeah. It is just this, this state is so good. For supporting our own small businesses, yeah, you know, we this is this is a state, and I I have to think it's because there's honestly so few of us. <laughs> we realize we have to stick together.
0: Yep, awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. Whiskey's a little different, right? Can't really make too many cocktails with whiskey, there's, but uh, there's there's
2: some good ones. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, awesome. Very cool. No, that was great. Um, well, that leads me into kind of the next question I was going to ask. You know. Um, what makes Wyoming so good to be a distiller here and to sell spirits? Um, You know, Mike, you kind of hit on one, you know, we are small. And so, you know, the community is tight knit and really close together. But uh, what are some other benefits that you guys have seen, maybe talking to other distillers across the country um, or just across the state, you know, that, uh, that makes Wyoming. I I really have to say just one of the things that's amazing is the,
2: the camaraderie we as distillers have in Wyoming. Uh, it's not where there's there's no jealousy, I mean, or backbiting or anything like this because the market is, quite frankly, large enough for all our distilleries and we all have complementary products. Right. You know, Arcola is, is not in competition with Wyoming whiskey, which is a wonderful whiskey. I, I enjoy it. Um, our coal is not in competition. It's an entirely different style and and that camaraderie that we have as distillers in wyoming the this through through Amber's efforts, largely the state is getting more and more friendly to our business, which mm. is which is just much appreciated and and the state is helpful you you've got a question, you give them a call and they'll do their best to answer you yeah.
1: Yeah. I would, I would say, um, kind of take two tracks there. One, I mean, you've got the, you've got the, the consumer, whether that's the end consumer or or the bartender who's working with it or sort of got that track. And then you have like the regulatory track and both of those things are very important to creating like a (laughs) landscape that is um, favorable to our businesses. Um, and in, in the first track, kind of the, that, you know, one one thing that I didn't mention, a thing that I learned through this process is about the the power of of community and all of the different, like, sort of iterations of that. So we've got the distiller's community, you know, and that that is something that I think is really important to the growth of, the future growth of the industry and all of our current success. Um, but you've got, you know, like, when I think about my community um, in the more, you know, like the general Casper area and how how we, we have worked very hard to to become very well integrated in that community. And the community has been very receptive to that and has welcomed us and has supported us, you know, times like COVID, you know, when, when it's like, oh man, like we're in trouble here and we've got a line around the block of people coming to try to pick up to go cocktails and things like that, just buying whatever we're able to sell. They're like, sure. Do I need another bottle of gin on my shelf? Maybe not yet, but I'll buy it anyway, just so that you have some cash coming in, you know? And so, yeah. um, and, and so, you know, I think that, that, that is one element is just this, this notion that like, I think our businesses are genuinely important. Um, and pe- people, people see them as important. Let's say that yeah. I think our communities see our businesses as important, um, to the fabric of the community and the success of the community and the, um, you know, the, um, vibrancy of the community. And so we have that, um, yeah going for us in a a lot of communities at least around the state Um, and then on the regulatory side um, I think an an advantage that we have here is that all of our electeds are very close to the people. They do not have a a line of staffers that you have to go through before you can talk to the person who can actually, you know, bring some of the issues um, to bear at the legislature. And, and the reason that's important is this is a highly regulated industry. We can't do anything unless it's been written in law that says we can do it. Yep. Um, and so, the, you know, making sure that 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 has been addressed at the legislature is of paramount importance to us. And, and up until, um, you know, very recently, it hadn't been addressed in state law at all. It was just silent on the issue. Right. And so creating a, a regulatory landscape that continues to be competitive with other states, um, that continues to, um, grow along with the distillers who have, you know, put their roots here because as, as we grow new, new things, new opportunities, uh, present themselves, new challenges present themselves. And sometimes, uh, in order to manage those things, um, regulatory change is necessary. And so, uh, having a, having access to legislators, have being friends with some of our legislators, having them come to the distilleries, like, you know, having that level of, of, um, access, um, I think it, 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 bodes well for us and and it has resulted in a number of changes relatively rapidly um, in ways that other states are still trying to chip away at the slowest pace because they don't necessarily have the same access to their lawmakers that we have here. And so, um, you know, I think that that is a real advantage to the industry at large, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, it, it does seem possible to change some of this stuff as we realize and can make the case that some of these things need to be changed.
0: Yeah, no, that was well said. Yeah. And that's, you know, on this show, we've had multiple, you know, local state representatives even had the governor on and like, you can't, you can't get that access anywhere else. You know, I don't know of any other state, you know, probably like the Dakotas, maybe Montana, but you know, other than that, it's like, yeah, you can't, you gotta go through, you know, just lines and lines and lines. And so, um, no, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And that was one thing Michelle had mentioned is the guilds, you know, are important because they educate and advocate, you know, and, and, um, I think if I remember right, she said at this point, there's nothing really too major for both guilds. Um, the only thing she mentioned was we've kind of talked about a, you know, they're in the future. You know, it's not like it's an important thing right now, but in the future, how a distiller can get maybe product to a store quicker versus because it goes through the state. So, but you know, that's a you know not a big issue, but it would be you know important for for distillers to get the product quickly to the consumers. But um, so, and that's the importance of the guilds. You know that Michelle is mentioning. So, um, no, that's well said. Um, this is kind of going way back. I should ask this first, but um, have <laughs> either of you been on a podcast before? I have not. You haven't Mike. So this is Mike's first time. Amber, you have. Yes, I have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. what do you think of it? Or what do you I, think of I podcast? I really fun. I, yeah. love to, I love to talk. Oh, though. awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what was the Give podcast? Microphone and I'll, oh.
0: Yeah. What was the podcast you were uh, on?
1: You know, I've been on, a, I've been on a few. Um, I was on one that was, um, I'm, I'm going to struggle to know the exact names of them, but that's um, okay but I've been on, uh, one that was kind of a whiskey, they're generally either like whiskey or business. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whiskey or business related things are, are very cool. Been on, but, um, no but Wyoming yeah. ones yet. Uh, Kali has put me on the spot. I, I don't know. I, I don't we'll know.
0: We'll just say you, yeah. this is the first Wyoming <laughs> one you've been on. No, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. So mostly kind of the whiskey, like whiskey. like uh, yeah. Uh, topics and then business, of course, obviously. So very cool. Generally
1: in this vein.
0: Yeah. In person, have they all been in person? Uh,
1: no, I've done, I did a couple over zoom um, during the pandemic. Yeah. And also some of those folks are from other States um, and then a couple in person as well. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah. Man. You're just like, Oh yeah. You're a well-versed podcaster, huh? Very cool. Well um, I only have a couple questions left. Amber, since we tasted our cola, yeah, what would you like us to taste here in studio?
1: So, I guess I would, I would let you. I mean, you said you're an old fashioned fan, so if you want to taste yep. our, um, our, our newest upcoming product, yeah, uh, let's do it. Okay, cool. So this I is- did the.
0: Uh, when Michelle was here, she had the special release for the Snake River uh, Code Three. Cool. So this, we're just going on the trend of, you know, we'll get my opinion and, then, yeah, you know, we'll see good. how it goes. I enjoyed <laughs> listening
2: listening to that and yeah. hearing, you know, okay, so this isn't, uh, it's not a, not a West Coast style IPA. You're, mm-hmm. you not going to be overbearing and mm-hmm. toppiness. Sounded like you really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, and I'm not, a, and I'm not a big IPA guy. That was my big thing. I told her I was like, I'm not an IPA fan, so. If I like it, you know, if you're not an IPA fan, you should like it.
1: So, pouring in now. This is um this And is like yet, this is I got to say for
0: the for the listeners, there's like not even a label on it. Like this is like this is this like This is
1: like a prototype yeah. basically. Yeah. This is
0: like moonshine type stuff yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah, this is
1: a prototype <laughs> of um of what it will be, right? Um, yeah. So this is basically what we've done is taken our American whiskey um, and combined it, we infuse it with a little bit of, um, orange peel, mm-hmm. um, essentially to get like the, the notion that you, I, I think our American whiskey is also very good with orange, uh, similarly to our cola to get the notion that you have like spritzed a fresh orange peel across the top of your cocktail, because I really want this to be like, you don't have to do any of that at home. Right. You just put it on ice. Don't even bother with a garnish if you don't want to, right. Uh, make it ultimately easy. Um, so I've included some of that flavor, like that orange oil that you would get from that action, um, in the cocktail itself, um, made it a Seville orange, uh, it's called an oleosacrum where you take it and, um, extract the oil with sugar to create like a concentrate. So the Seville orange is a little bit more bitter, has a little bit more complexity to it. So yeah. some, two different varieties of oranges in there. Gotcha. Um, we've got orange bitters. Um, this is kind of what actually kicked this off, this idea off. I have a good friend who's a bitters maker in, um, in New Orleans now. Okay. And we use a lot of his bitters in our, um, it's called Bitter Queens. If anybody wants to check them out, um, love them. Uh, I am a fan. Yes. Yeah, so they make <laughs> great bitters. They make really good bitters. Um, and so we stock them at our tasting room. We use them in our products. And this was a chance for us, for us to collaborate. Um, I love orange bitters in my old fashioned, particularly with our American whiskey, because it's a bit light, lighter bodied and orange bitters tend to be a little lighter, brighter.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And then brown sugar syrup. So this is going to be the brown sugar old fashion. Once it's, you know, gone through all the process and whatnot to, to actually become a product that is available. Um, but yeah, just trying to get some kind of input on like the recipe where we're at. Um, yeah. So the idea, it, sh- it really should be on ice. Um, so this will be, um, probably a bit, uh, heavier than it would be otherwise the Mm -hmm. ice it's it's really not diluted as it is um and so we've created a product that um is possibly like a bit sweeter than i would want to drink it just on its own once the ice is there that helps it stand up over the 10 minutes that it takes you to drink that cocktail whatever it is so gotcha cheers
0: yeah Cheers. cheers right off the bat before i take a sip you can smell that you know you can smell the orange and the kind of the sugar in there that is spectacular thank you that is very wonderful yeah that's good Yeah. I can see what you mean. The you know, if there, if it was on ice. Yep. mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep, And that, you know, the, the, the goal with that is, I mean, this is really meant to be, um, yeah, you put it on ice, you follow the directions, you're going to get a great cocktail, Mm -hmm. right. Um, versus you got to know how many times to stir it. And it's, you know, got to be perfect. Like this is put ice cubes in it let it sit for you're a second to or go. two as soon as it's cold you're ready to go yeah
0: yeah no this is good i can you know i would drink this uh just by itself with yeah. no ice yeah. <laughs> no that's great
1: yeah so that'll be fun uh hopefully coming pretty soon but um you know still some still before it becomes official there'll still be some um
0: T- tweaking to it a little bit and
1: well uh yeah probably not to the product itself but you know all, all the paperwork as mike said like we've got to obviously we have to get the label um and all of that stuff yep. done and get that approved and get it to the state and then get it out to people yep. so there'll yep. be a, there'll be a few more steps i imagine it'll be a couple more months before sure. it's available, but um, just in time for summer. Yeah. But generally the, uh, right. the recipe is, is what you will, what you see here. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like it. Oh Thank that's you. as an old fashioned fan. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And then, yeah, I can see where you dilute it down a little bit with the ice and, um, always like a cold old, mm-hmm. old fashioned there. So very cool. What else did you bring us? I should, since you've got the whole <laughs> crate here. We don't need to taste it all on a, um, <laughs> on an early on an yeah, early uh, yes. Thursday afternoon. <laughs> yeah,
1: Mike, Mike and I have a long evening ahead. Yes, yes. Of, yes. Um, of cocktail festivities. So um,
2: it is it is a hard life. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So I brought both of our gins. Um, we've been making we've been making this gin Contortionist Gin basically since the beginning. It was a second product that we put out after our vodka. Um, citrus forward gin so it's got grapefruit lemon orange peel in it Um, I love it in like a citrusy classic cocktail like a bee's knees a Collins like something in that vein Um, really fun Um, we also brought our other gin which is called strongman gin it's our navy strength gin Uh, three types of peppercorn black pink green so very two very different ends of the gin spectrum. Um, You know, gin is quite a broad category. Mm -hmm. And uh, so lots of different styles and interpretations within that larger category. And so we've got two expressions, um, both that I really like for different purposes typically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I brought our American whiskey, which would be the base of this product. Um, And then I brought our cinnamon moonshine. Okay. Um, That is, that was a relatively early product for us as well. Um, We launched our moonshine line, kind of right alongside our backwards line and its whole own brand is called milk can moonshine. So we have multiple brands that we, that we make and that is um, the milk can brand. It is 50% corn, 50% beet sugar mash. So it's not a whiskey. It's its own, it's its own thing. The, The federal government considers it a, distilled spirit specialty, which is like a fancy way of saying like other yeah. <laughs> like doesn't fit into like one of the, it's
0: not in a category. That's, yeah. It, that is that, that's
2: basically what popcorn Sutton was making Yeah, because he was making a sugar mash.
1: Yep. 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 It's pretty typical. I mean that, that 50, this 50/50 uh, mash is a historic recipe. Like people all across the country probably were making yep. that that recipe just because it's it's easy. You get the flavor, you get the yield. It's kind of best of both worlds. Right. It would have been readily available if you were actually trying to make this like illicitly. Um, so we were trying to like kind of, um, capture some of that history yeah. in that bottle.
0: Very cool. Um,
1: and then that one's just infused with whole cinnamon sticks and brown sugar. I actually really love that product. I love it year round. I mean, it, it, it strikes you as like a perfect like fall winter thing, which it is like yep. uh, undeniably it is, but I also like it in the summer in like a homemade blueberry lemonade type thing. That's what I was like just thinking. Berries, yep. Like citrus, it actually works really yeah. nicely and all that yeah.
0: stuff too. So awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So it's yeah. a
1: smattering of, of our yeah. product line. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and let's talk about why you guys are here in town in Sheridan. You know, we keep talking about, uh, you got a long night ahead of you. Well, <laughs> the, to- the, the, <laughs> the reason is you guys are up here for the soiree at the, uh, Wyo theater and, um, and the Sage I, gallery right across. Yeah. in Sage gallery. And, uh, I can't remember, did you guys get a help? Cause all of, all of you have a cocktail, right? Or is someone making a cocktail that you guys all got to help design the cocktail, right? Yep. Talk about that process. Cause it's coordinated with a piece of art. Yes. Or, there's but, art there.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, so I uh, like, at least on my end, I don't know if, if you did, but I didn't do much of the coordination. Michelle did most of that. Okay. So she asked us what we'd like to serve and then she matched things up and kind of designed these ah, like rooms cool. and experiences okay. around, you know, what, what was available. Pairs. Sure. I think she did the pairing. Let's, let's say gotcha. that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. So Ooh, we just, I was getting yeah. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you Wait, was it was, pairing, it
0: was
2: like, supposed to be what now? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: didn't bring your art to like, you know, um, no, we, we've, we've partnered with a number of performers and artists who are, who are taking care of that part. And Michelle kind of, um, you know, Michelle's a very creative artistic person as well. So she she did the sort of, um,
0: she pair, did the pairing, pairing side. There. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we just kind of, I, I just told her a couple cocktails that I wanted to make. We're featuring one that's, um, on our brand new menu that just came out last week at the tasting room. It's sort very of floral, very springy, very fresh. Um, Developed by one of my bartenders actually, and then um, another one that's a, a very kind of fresh spring G and t riff. So I try to go with something seasonal, something yep. light, something bright, um, and something kind of fancier because I think this is going to be quite a nice evening. We've got opera, you know, we've got funk music, we've got visual arts, we've got kind of just a really eclectic, cool um, mm-hmm. mix of things, and so definitely we. We brought our cocktail a game. Let's say that. Yeah.
0: No, very cool. <laughs> yeah, we put Mike on this. Uh, you didn't know he had to bring art. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, no, well, we're we're doing a cocktail
2: where we're pairing our cola with the uh, Crazy Woman Mead from Gillette from Big okay. Lost Meadery, another w- wonderful Wyoming product, and then just threw in my favorite cocktail. It's an it's not real old school. It's the Branch. It's just whiskey and soda with a dash of bitters. Mm. It's, it's just a nice when It's getting warm out. It's a nice drink, but then we're also having the fun drink, the Arcola apple and that's equal parts Arcola whiskey, green apple pucker and cranberry juice. And it tastes just like an apple jolly.
0: That sounds, that sounds like a perfect one for summer right there. Yeah. For spring and summer. Very cool. Um, and I hope that none of them are paired with munches the scream you know that that painting Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i don't know what the art is so i can't help you out with that but um, um, very cool yeah i know that's happening today um which is why you guys are up here so um what else oh um kind of speaking of the guild you know we've kind of already hit on what the guild does and things like that um but kind of to finish out here from both of you and i think amber were you one of the founding members of the guild i was okay so cool so we'll have mike answer then you can um but what what is valuable if someone's out there uh they're making their spirits illegally or i shouldn't say that but they're thinking about maybe starting a distillery here in wyoming what what has the value been from the guild um to you mike and why someone should join you know if they start the distillery, why they should join.
2: There's been people that have contacted me wanting to start a distillery and depending on where they are in the state, I send them to their closest neighborhood distillery. (laughs) It's, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I mean, I don't think any of us have ever discouraged anybody from starting a distillery. I think everybody, everybody that, that should, should, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, Well, and really it was, uh, as miserable as the pandemic was, it was COVID that that got me in contact with, with the Guild because I had started and I thought, well, I'm too small. And then after a while it was a couple of years and I was just too embarrassed to say, hi, (laughs) I've been distilling down here in the corner
0: of the state,
2: (laughs) but it was nice with getting, being able to get together
0: with, with everybody officially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Get that community together a little bit. Yep. And network. And yep, absolutely. Amber, well, founding member, (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, um, guilds play a really important role in this industry. Um, because there is so much education. I mean, we've hit on all the themes, all the reasons why it's necessary. There is education that's necessary. There is advocacy that's necessary. There is um, legislative efforts that are necessary, uh, not just in this state. That's that's sort of universal across mm-hmm. the whole country. And um, you know, that's really the guild is is designed to, to provide a cohesive like mechanism for that. Um, so that you as a single business, like probably not capable of bearing that entire load yourself. Um, so this is really about how do we all, um, work on those things in our little corners of like what we're doing? How do we, how do we make sure that we're all, uh, rowing in the same direction and on those bigger issues, the ones that affect all of us, um, uh, you know, in, in our, in our individual spheres of influence. And right. so, you know, the guild is, um, And it's also, we we hit on education as well. Um, You know, I, I, I still believe sort of across the board in this industry, if you talk to anybody in this state or others, they will tell you that they got started by talking to other people who are already doing it. That's just sort of a universal truth, I think, of this industry. And so the Guild provides a repository for some of that information and that network where it's like, oh, if you join the Guild, even if you, I mean, we have a membership tier for distilleries in in process, so you don't have to be operating. Mm. In fact would encourage people to, if you're even thinking about it, like this would be the step one yeah. to kind of exploring that. Um, and, and, and by joining the guild, you get access to that network of folks who are already doing it.
0: Yeah. Get the resource. Um, yeah. Yes. So that
1: you can decide, yes, I should do it. No, I shouldn't do it. Maybe I should partner, you know, what all the different like angles that somebody could take. And so, you know, our, our themes of education advocacy, like all of those things are, are part of why the guild is critical and why it was important to me that we founded it however many years ago that we founded
0: it. Yeah. No, awesome. That's well said. Uh, very cool. Well, the last thing I'll say for, uh, ask of you guys, um, and then that way you guys can uh, head off. Um, I really appreciate your time. Um, how can people find you guys? Um, you know, social media, wherever, um, or contact you directly. Um, and then if you guys want to plug any new product, you know, we just tried some, uh, your new one uh, there, Amber. Um, so, um, I guess we'll start with Amber. Yeah. Where, where can people find backwards, you know?
1: Yeah. So, so backwards is on Facebook, um, on Instagram backwards distilling co. Um, we have a website as well. A lot of recipes on our website, kind of in that vein of education. Like we created a website where there's just dozens of recipes, um, for, for folks to make at home. Um, so check that out. Um, you can find me, I'm the booze tourist on nearly every, uh, social, social platform media. that I'm on. Um, so you can find me there. um, Let's see new new products. Um, in addition to this one, we're, we're launching a line of canned can cocktails ready oh. to drink. We're moving into more of this ready to drink field. So um, freak show can cocktails are best selling cocktail of all time. Going in a can, it was going in a tank to be carbonated while I was on my way up here. So so that's it is coming imminent. out now. Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> is imminent. It will be coming soon. Very cool. Um, did I hit? Did I get it? Did I, yeah. did I get what you
0: yep. needed from yep. me? Okay,
1: cool. Did I do all the, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yep.
0: uh, yeah, backwards, just look at Backwards Distilling Co. on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Um, Backwardsdistilling.com. They'll go to the website and then, um, very cool, look out for the new yep. products. Yep. Mike? We, for the
2: last five years, we have owned our distillery.com and we're so close his fingers are touching right there for you. <laughs> <laughs> so we are on on Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram both of which are now updated far mm-hmm. m- far more regularly than when I was doing it <laughs> I don't know you how, hired
1: somebody to yeah, <laughs> or yes. you, you uh, outsource that outsource well, that <laughs> that, was, that was
2: as we talked earlier one of those things it's like can I do this no
0: no I can't let's have someone else do this <laughs> Well, but your name though, Arcola, like that's, you know, like you said, oh. you've had the website, like no one's going to take it, Like that's a, oh, yeah. that was one question I was going to have for you, Mike. Where'd you come up with Arcola? Okay. So Arcola
2: used to be a town. Okay. Right near where my farm is. Ah. Now it's uh, basically a barn that is almost completely reabsorbed into the earth as, <laughs> as they do. We've all seen that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't, you can't watch it happen, but you see it, <laughs> that it's happening. It was a town a hundred years ago had. 75 to 150 people, had its own dairy, its own uh, lumber yard, general store, train stop, everything. Hence the train on the label. Um, Granted, that train is much larger than ever through Arcola. (laughs) I believe the train, the engine that went through Arcola was called the Prairie Dog. Um, (laughs) Blizzard of 1949, nobody died in Arcola, but it scared people enough that basically everybody left. Left, sure. And so we... When we started, we wanted to bring the name back, and turns out prohibition had killed an arcola whiskey that was put out by Jay oh. Dwyer and Sons in or John Dwyer and Sons. I don't know the I can't remember sure. the actual name, but out of Chicago, um, and that was a that was a bourbon. So we thought it's been a hundred years. The name is now on. The name is now up for grabs, yeah, and we get to revive the name of what used to be the little town right
0: here. Let's do it. Yeah. And also it's, it sounded like, sounded
2: established.
1: <laughs>
0: no, it's a great name, so very cool. I love that, I'm glad I remembered to ask you that question, so very cool. Um, well, Mike, Amber, thanks for spending your time here. I know you guys, like you guys have said, you guys are gonna have a long night, so uh, have some fun at the Y.O. Theater, have fun up here in Sheridan, and uh, thanks for stopping by.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. This,
0: is, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.